Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on November 20th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring Clovis Bray's journal. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And this is the very vexy green-eyed music lover. This is Hey, It's Orchid. <laughs> the resident otter mom. The re- uh, yeah, the resident otter mom. Hey, it's Orchid. The, the resident I was just going to go mom. for normal, but you know. Uh, that's not allowed around here, don't you? You had to make it weird, Blue. Yeah, that's my job. <laughs> okay. Um, well, so real quick before we, we dive in, just a couple, couple real quick announcements. I uh, just want to give a general reminder to check out thelorenetwork.com. Let us know uh, your thoughts and opinions on the weekly roundups. Um, you can also subscribe to the website over there, and that will give you those weekly roundups. We do two a week. We do one for pod, uh, podcast on Wednesday, and then one for all the Lore YouTube videos of all the members of the Lore Network on Fridays. And then also, as always, if you don't mind giving us a review and a quick rating over on iTunes, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Same with the Destiny Lore audio file, which is Green's project. She is chugging away over there, actually getting some more more entries into that project set up. I think we... Mm-hmm. are we Have you got them scheduled for the rest of the year? at this point or not quite i am i've got some that are prepped that could be but i'm Mm, trying to get the new books done first i have backups in case the new books don't get done in time completely well and actually that actually is the third announcement this is going to be the last stream for 2020 for us um because we are going to take off of december as kind of our our new our new new tradition like has like basically it's the gift that we yeah. give to ourselves of like hey Yay. you you survived and i think 2020 you definitely need that so um we will see you guys like live stream we will see you guys again in 2021 we might have a couple streams here and there depending on availability of everyone here um mm-hmm. don't worry though for those on the podcast feed i am building up same thing backup of logs i think i have enough right now built up that we will be getting 
roughly half to a quarter of the way through December. We have about five more shows that I'm going to be doing behind the scenes. And then once we do that, we will be good. So you guys will still have content, even though you won't have the live streams for the rest of the year. Um, With all that being said, for tonight's episodes, what we're planning on doing, we're going to break them into the intro, the advanced sessions, just like always. Uh, the intro session, we're going to actually focus on the the new information that is giving given to us from Clovis Bray's journals concerning the Vex. We actually got quite a bit of information. The reason why we want to do this is because the second session is going to be focused around the Exos. That's going to be the big brunt of a lot of the revelations that happened in this journal, which shouldn't come to a surprise for anybody who's kind of paid attention to this this entry into the story of Destiny. Um, just a quick reminder, we talked about the Clovis Bray family on the previous episode, and then the episode before that, we also just kind of talked about the general updates to the game. Um, so that all being said, I'm going to i think we could dive really just dive right into the kind of cocktail knowledge of what exactly what new information i guess did we get with the vex green orchid do you want to jump into that one i think one of the biggest revelations is the what is it called the star i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head all of a sudden it's like that Volunter, whatever it is. The Lantris. The Lantris. Yeah. Something. I don't have it in front of yeah. me because there's nothing in these show notes. They're blank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. how fun my week's been. Uh, oh, yeah. But the the Lantris is. Volantris. Yeah, Dancing Vero. I was right. The Lantris is the. I want to. You want to call it a star. That's what Clovis <laughs> Bray calls it at first. But. It's kind of, but also not. It doesn't have the same life cycle as yeah. a normal star. Well, and to to clarify, there, Volant, Volantis is the star, but I think twenty, I think it's like twenty forty eight is the the planet that they visit mm-hmm. that circles mm-hmm. Vol, Vol, right. I think if I remember it's that like correctly, like a Mercury version. Yeah, 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 it's a planet that is circling the star. So they, there is a star, but they're not going to the star. They are going to the um, the planet near the star. The planet that is near the star, which is mm-hmm. yes, chat's talking about it right now. It's an immortal hypergiant, which is a very interesting thing because it should not be able to exist. But the Vex basically have reconfigured. Yeah. The Vex things. are feeding it. They're cycle feeding it, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. Like it's yeah. But that is probably one of the biggest revelations that we got about the Vex because with that they were able to start harvesting Vex fluid from this area and bring it back to Europa through this giant Vex gate that Clovis Bray had done a raid on Ishtar Collective and stole a Vex. Yes. One Vex. And forced it into slave labor to make a giant gate which is the gate that we see in the strike on Europa now, the new strike. Probably my favorite strike right now because mm. it's actually a challenging. Strike. <laughs> yes, that too. It's challenging too. Like if you, it's, you it's a pop fun in nightfall. It's a fun nightfall. The glass it is way. Fun. The glass way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All arc damage is increased. Oh no. <laughs> oh no! That's oh, when you get risk runner out and just go balls to the wall. 
Yeah. Or Trinity Ghoul. Or Trinity Ghoul, yeah. For those long range. That's what I've been using in there. It works works real well. You know, I just run run everything. The Arcstrider. Arcstrider just. Right now I am. That's not going to last long. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm still playing Warlock. I'm. I'm proud of you. Given up on it? I haven't given up yet. I'm I've proud of gotten you. Real that you close. I have. I've gotten real close. Not gonna lie, the floof has killed me more times than I care to admit. It's a. It's an art, not a science. It's the art of stupid. Floof. The art of floof. It's so so stupid. Yeah. I've walked off the map, and if you walk off the map, you just sol. You can't recover. Nope. Unlike on Hunter. No, you can't recover. You just you just you just die. But you die beautifully. I- Yes. Mm-hmm. Gracefully. Mm-hmm. To your death. Slowly. Yep. Uh, Which is so talking about talking about the star, um, it's on mm-hmm. the in the journal, it's about page thirty three. He says, um they this is when he actually they actually go through the gate, I think for the first time, uh Clovis and Elizabeth and a team of their their people. Um he says Gateway analysis, uh, non-gravitating, purely geometric, traversable wormhole of the Ellis configuration. There is no singularity and no firewall. Uh, just some notes there. Um, and he says, we passed it, We passed into a gallery of awesome light. It struck us to our knees. The probe imagery did not prepare us. A curtain of blue-violet fire filled an entire half of the sky, pebbled with granules, granules, seething with promontories and flares. We stood beneath a blue hypergiant, titan of suns, looming over all. It should have killed my human body companion instantly. With peak radiance in the far ultraviolet, it would cook flesh. But the probe said it was impossibly safe for life. We fanned out into ancient stone ruins pierced by dull metal towers and flickering lines of light. Though the rock was cracked and pitted by radiation, our geologist identified it at once. Felsic granite, he reported. No iron, no heavy metals at all. A lot more sodium, oxygen, boron, and aluminum than I'd expect, and a lot less silicon. Oh my god. What, I demanded. This rock is almost 13 billion years old, the geologist whispered. It formed with the very first generation of planets less than a billion years after the universe was born. We are standing on a dissected piece of one of the first worlds. That's not possible, the astronomer protested. That's a type O hypergiant up there. They're lucky to live two million years, and its, a, it's metallicity is 15 sigma above average. That is not an old star. I opened my proxy arms to the light. The gate had taken us to a miracle. This star was big enough to fill the solar system from the sun to the orbit of Neptune, bright enough to shine like the full moon even from the distance of Alpha, Alpha Centauri. And yet here I was, unblinded. Something had tampered with this star. Our physicists identified a lensing effect, magnifying the star's optical size and redshifting its radiation. It was as if the whole behemoth was wrapped in some kind of skin. But that was only the beginning. Um, so right here, what they're, what they're explaining is a variant of, and I think chat was talking about it real quick. Uh, it's a variant of a Dyson sphere, which is actually theoretically one of the ways that you can achieve, um, I think it's level four sentience in the hierarchy of, um, like cosmological life signs. I think humans right now, I think we're at like two and a half, I think is where we are in the in this I, I can't remember off the top of my head like ties into like the Fermi paradox and different things of mm-hmm. that nature but the Dyson but a Dyson sphere basically is a concept that they would 
encase a star, or you would encase a star with machines and then use the star to actually generate energy and actually be able to capture 100% of that energy. The challenge with most Dyson spheres is kind of exactly what is being talked about right here as being solved. How do you keep the star going? Like, all stars eventually will burn out, and that's what this is actually talking about. This lensing effect is actually, you know, a way that the people or the the existence of this planet has have not only encased it, but actually are stoking it. Um, you know, he, he actually goes further and he says, um, our instruments identified glints of brighter light against the sunfire. They were orbiting mirror clusters, gathering the star's radiation and focusing it back, burning wounds into the photosphere. These solar stigmata hemorrhaged endless flares, geysers of energy and precious metals. Above these cutting mirrors, rings encircled the star like garrote wires. They were particle accelerators, generating blades of electromagnetic force that stabbed down into the star's skin through photosphere and tacocline toward the core. They're stirring it, I realized, to pull the metals out of the core and send fresh hydrogen down to fuse. Is it possible they, they had? They had refueled the star. They were stoking it. Enormous portals dumped streams of hydrogen into the giant, replenishing its mass and fusion power. At this obscene size and brightness, this star should have gone supernova in less than two million years it would take a single photon to crawl from the core to the surface. But, with careful refueling, that supernova could be averted. This giant might have been here since the dawn of stellar time. Perhaps the star had begun as some metal-poor population two dwarf, surrounded by meager rocky planets. But the inhabitants of one of those planets had found a way to pump their sun full of hydrogen, supercharging it, pushing it to the edge of stability all in the name of making metal. In the early universe, elements heavier than helium were unthinkably rare. So these firstborn, these firstborn aliens built a forge, a fusion smelter for the atoms they needed. We turned outwards, hoping to locate pulsars in the sky and thereby fix our position, but the stars were blotted out by a swarm of bronze disk. They were satites, a shell of artificial worlds hovering on the star's radiation. Years ago, I proposed tearing apart Mercury to form a shell like this, and here I found my ambition achieved a thousandfold. Question on this one. Do we think that's what they were trying to do with our Mercury, at least in part? Because um, that is the one world that they have gotten pretty far in the terraforming. It's, it's either that, like, they could be, like, I mean, there's there's a couple different directions I could see this going. Like, either they're they've been kicked out, you know, they, they can't return to this world or for whatever reason. And they're trying to recreate that world in our system. And that's what they're trying to do is they're just terraforming things and transitioning things. Or they're mining it for material. The interesting thing that comes up right after what you read is the fact that clarity has no presence there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, I still I'm, I'm still I'm still curious what you guys think clarity is. What do you, what is, what's your guys' thought? has been kind of described as like, as quote unquote, the darkness, but I think it's been kind of like a distilled form of like radiolarian fluid that's been kind of passed through the darkness. Does that make sense? Well, no, that's what the Alka has does. Yeah. That's the Alka has. You combine clarity with the Vex. Yeah. You, you run, you, that's what's in the pipes is the radiolarian fluid he he runs it and exposes mm-hmm. it to the radiation of clarity 
and then but the resulting. So clarity is separate from the vex. The thing that I don't think it is bothers. Though. I don't know why it has to be separate. Sorry. No, it's fine. We we actually have very very little information on clarity, so it, it's just as viable to think that it could be somewhat vex related as well. Um, the idea of clarity, though, comes initially from K1 mm-hmm. with the moon expedition yeah. and the anomaly. Mm-hmm. And the anomaly we know was found within the moon mm-hmm. in one of the in the K1 site, then moved to the anomaly crucible map. Mm-hmm. And it was through the anomaly that Clovis Bray figured out, hey, I'm getting these weird visions and Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's in the Revelation um, yeah. lore book that you can watch the mental degradation of that entire team. Oh, my God. That one, I... I, <laughs> I love that I'm book. actually seriously debating books. recording both of these books, both of the collector's edition books that have been out. I love that They're book. real dark, though. It's so oh, good. so dark. It's so good. We but, had a lot uh, of fun doing it. Oh, I don't doubt it. But with Clarity, he gets the idea for Clarity or from Clarity through the anomaly, then goes to Europa mm-hmm. and meets Clarity there. Meets, yeah. Like Which, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, no, you're continue. Sorry. I, I have, like, mm-hmm. so many – my brain goes in so many different directions with that because what right. it really – what, what Clarity – like, just personally, when I'm reading – about clarity what i get is the sense of um uh i don't know if you ever read childhood's end by arthur c Clarke, no. but it's very mm-hmm. similar to that it's very like this the, the feeling that i get is very similar it's this it's, it's advanced advanced intelligence that's like hey we're gonna help you but right it's not they're not ma- malevolent but they're they're not necessarily helping you know, like they're they're right. they're like they're making things better, like in a way, they're they're ending strife, they're ending all these diseases and stuff. Very similar to what the traveler did, but like with Childhood's End, it's like um, it, it kind of toes into that whole thing of like to less advanced species, technology is magic. Like that's that's kind of the whole right. thing there. Um, the thing with clarity, though, is that if clarity is something. That he had to travel to Europa for. It is something that we haven't seen before, most likely. Because we've seen one of those statues, because that was my first thought, was the statue, the veiled uh, character Mm -hmm. on the moon that we visited in the pyramid. That was my very first thought. Mm -hmm. Nothing to back that up. That was just something that popped into my head. But if it's the statue, there's already one on the moon, so he wouldn't need to travel to Europa. I think the statue so, was a um, a totemization of clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, uh, before, I, I know I haven't seen chat talk about this just yet. Um, the expl- the so I, I was calling it a Dyson sphere. Um, there's actually different types of Dyson spheres. Uh, the way that they're describing this particular one, I just did want to call this one out. It is very much more like a Dyson, what's called a Dyson swarm or a Dyson bubble. Um, so, like, normally when you talk about Dyson spheres, a lot of people have the idea of, like, that solid shell. That That's a Dyson shell. That is actually a thing. Um, but a Dyson bubble and a Dyson swarm are various are variants of the Dyson concept that are actually much more pragmatic in a way. Um, they actually they form a biosphere 
uh, instead of like a solid shell, which means that they're actually able to flex with the gravity of the sun or the star. Um, and that's where when he calls out the destruction of Mercury, that is actually a theory and a proposition that we've had in our own world. Like that has actually been discussed to to use the elements that we have available on Mercury to allow us to construct Dyson, um, basically the mirror clusters that he's talking about. Um, they would we would mine Mercury to construct a, a field or a sphere of those. Um, that is an actual theory. There's a couple of really interesting concepts on how to do pretty much what they're doing with the sun here to our own sun. Orca, do you have any ideas what clarity is? Mm, it, mm, yeah. It's There's not quick. a whole lot to pull from. No, Various, it's a dumb Various, idea. Varu is saying in chat Good. that it's like the red lighting. He, he He's thinking that it's the red lighting energy that was raining down from the pyramids or the phantasmal energy um, because the red coloration. Because then you have a connection of um, the effects of clarity is as being one of the reasons why other Vex are viewed hostile towards the soul divisive in the Black Garden. Mm-hmm. Because you could have that's how you could have um, uh, the the segregation of the vex within the same or with arguably the same network. Because they're also the pyramid corrupted. on the moon is dormant. Mm-hmm. The pyramid on the moon is dormant. It wouldn't have any of that energy mm-hmm. spewing but out. Arguably, it does a little bit now. We but... start, yeah, we started waking it up, but yeah, huh. and yeah, and the and the reason why that would cause so. The, the argument there is the reason why that would cause the aggression is that other Vex would identify them as corrupt. And so they are trying to expose the threat um, from the whole, like it's that hive mind mentality, uh, which actually is another thing that he gets into within the journal is how like he actually like we actually get a kind of really interesting look at potentially the Vex psychology I actually really kind of found that interesting. Um, Can I, I also make a call out here for a fight that I had on Twitter? <laughs> oh, yeah. M. Sunderesh. Yep. Actually, before we go is, to three, can we take an ad break before we go into yeah, that one? let's do it. Because I was, I was going to make it. a comment about that, too. Hey, friends. This is Robots, the creator of the Robots Radio Podcast Network and host of the two original shows on the network, the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. These two shows have rocketed up the iTunes charts. They both together have over 155 star reviews in only a couple of months with bite-sized episodes that take you step-by-step through the background of the games and the game worlds. They're thought-provoking, well-produced, and a lot of fun. I recommend you go check them out at robotsradio.net or on any podcast reader podcatcher whatever you use itunes spotify again that's the fallout lorecast and the elder scrolls lorecast available everywhere all right so this whole thing with m sunderish first off it jacks up the timeline but there's a reason for it and i love how they did this i love how they did this in there but green what was the fight that you had (laughs) so i may have wanted to poke specifically at anon pig because he has had this lore crush on Maya Sundaresh for years. Uh. He was convinced <laughs> until this release that it was the Exo Stranger was Maya Sundaresh. No. Like, 
Yeah, uh, he's I had mean, that. There, there's been, I mean, up until this release, honestly, it it has yeah. been viable. It has been. It really has been. But he's been like the biggest champion of it's Maya. It's Maya, right? So I was like, I'm going to pick a fight. Jesus. Maya is a traitor. Because Maya is here when they first go to this Vex superstar engineering wonder of this blue star that they go and get all the Vex milk from. We find out in the latter part of the book. <laughs> I was like, that I really, I wanted to throw in the, but is she? <laughs> yeah. So in the latter part of the book, we get this explanation of Maya's presence of no one knows where she came from. Clovis Bray doesn't remember hiring her, doesn't remember seeing any of her records, which in a prior injury, she, it, he talks about how she like uh-huh. scraped like cleaned her record or whatever but if there was no record to begin with did she actually clean it it's very very it's beautiful mind just a bit no, you, no i mean like literally it's it's it makes me wonder did anyone actually anyone other than clovis it doesn't seem like was even able to perceive maya it was, right that's what which elsie elsie doesn't remember her well elsie doesn't i think she's like standing in the room with elsie and elsie's like who are you talking mm-hmm. like basically it's it is very oh well, gosh i think it's beautiful um, mind. i think that's i think because maya sundarash was already in the vex network at that point and so it was mm-hmm. just the vex like putting it in his brain oh yes but that was yeah. that was the mm-hmm. whole thing was because that, right? that wasn't that wasn't revealed until we got the deleted um pages or the yeah, but didn't we already just assume that? No, because that was the whole thing. Up oh, until I those pages that were you, you, up like, until you those all, up until you, those you things. Just assumed that she was there. No, sorry. You never know. Up until up know. until those pages. Okay, first off, I go on what's actually in the text. Um, oh, see, I try. I, just make I try a lot really, of assumptions. <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. You're gonna kill Green, but that's fine. <laughs> Uh, switching the water like i can't i can't remember if it was deliberately i don't i think it was not specifically called out until the deleted pages but this the the problem that this caused was while it did clarify a lot of the timeline it also with maya's presence completely borked it because we have records of maya being elsewhere and so trying to rectify or trying to reconcile my because was it 40 years Maya was somewhere so, for 40 years or something and it's like uh, what is she doing well we know she's on mars up until a certain point or not mars venus then she disappears for 40 years and then shows back up in india because that's when she's doing the the machine Yep, that's when she's doing the Sisvian mm-hmm. the Sisvian project. And the, it should be called out there that she is working with Clovis at that time with the machine. Is she really? I'm pretty sure she is. I don't I mean it may have been an offshoot, but I don't remember a It was machine? attached it was attached it was not attached to Ishtar. I'm pretty sure it was not attached to Ishtar. I mean, I'll have to, to I'll have to up. take away I'll have to yeah. take that away and dig into that. But I'm pretty sure that was that was specifically called out that it was she wasn't with Ishtar because that's why she wasn't with um, Chioma anymore. Well, yeah, you had the really sad letters back and forth or the 
ones that she wanted mm-hmm. to send. Right. Yeah, the vision machine was a special assets project for the war mind in Tibet, mm-hmm. which is attached by proxy to Clovis Bray via the war mind project. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then Trigger, uh, that was very, Trigger is also saying FWC, which is where we get Future War Cult, by the way, that's that's Future War right. Cult's history is the this vision machine. Um, Future War Cults, that's the connection to from Future War Cult to Clovis Bray as well. Curious. Um, and the way... Oh, go for it, go for it. I was just going to say, the way that they wrote Maya's introduction <laughs> here within the book, because I think this is the first instance on page 37... I where that, yeah. he um he talks to her he called over one of my scientists an m sunderesh i want to bring back samples like he talks directly to her but then he dispatches the other teams like he doesn't have her proxy dispatch yep. he's the one who's still commanding the rest it's, of them so it's like this it beautiful it's like this beautiful combination of fight club and beautiful mind like yeah it, it really that's that's the sense that i get with with maya's character in this journal also i love how she annoys the out of him (laughs) by doing the same thing that he does to everyone else to him because she is a reflection of his subconscious which is weird which is scary it's terrifying but it also makes so much sense why she does the things she does because she is literally a copy of of him that the vex are reflecting back um the thing the thing that gets me with this is that means that Clovis Bray was infected either immediately after going into the gate or prior, thanks to the Vex that was working for him building the gate. I would argue it was the latter. You think it was because prior with when the they went through Vex? the gate, first off, when they went through the gate, he didn't go through the gate. He sent a proxy. Well, he yeah, but he sent one of his right. I don't think any. I don't that he controls. Yeah, I don't think any. The only people who go through the gate like them themselves, arguably air quote there, were the exos that came later. Everyone else mm-hmm. was using the proxy, um, the I think what was it, the proxy protocol. I think is what they refer to it as that Ishtar set into place um, because mm-hmm. they they knew they knew what they were doing or they knew some of what they were doing before they get in. But I the, I really honestly I think he was infected well before the gate even got into i think that's part of the reason why he's obsessed with the gate to be honest i have a kind of a personal theory that it's this this one vex is like et phone home like let's get out of here they keep cutting us up and yeah and trigger triggers calling out that's because remember even just touching the vex metal causes hallucinations because the vex the the radiolarians are kind of infused with everything so and that was uh that was vault of glass armor uh the the guardians who made armor out of the vex and the suit of armor that you got from completing the vault of glass back in d1 had callouts of like the guardians reporting like really weird dreams and visions and stuff like that when they wore especially when they wore the helmet they had repeated reports of visions <laughs> Very reading is amazing. Oh. Can I point out here this is what Viru in chat. I believe that Clovis Journal is actually the first confirmation that Ishtar actually also created technology and even in some cases were more successful than Clovis Bray. Very much yeah. so. <laughs> That's Very true. much so. Like Clovis was 
furious because the whole reason he went to Ishtar was to try to get <laughs> that's the what he stole he stole one, and then from them get exo information yeah god Wayland Yutani stole stuff wait what <laughs> did you guys see the movie poster that they did that combined Wayland Yutani with Clovis Bray it has a xenomorph with a ghost <laughs> no I hadn't seen that oh <laughs> it made me happy let's see um do we want to talk about uh we want to talk about the vex milk uh it was that page the the vex fluid we're talking 30 the mind page fluid? 39 mm-hmm. is that the one yeah yes. i think so i'm sure so entry nine. Oh my gosh all right so page 38 <laughs> we're going to start where it says i note that the vex all right i will read if you want me to um actually real quick before we jump in before we jump into the vex milk conversation let's take another ad break just to recenter have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture geography arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons inspirations and even some minor analysis some may say analysis boo well we're gonna learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. Okay, so Vex Milk, as they call it. Um, I note that the Vex Milk from there. Mm-hmm, yes. The entire mm-hmm. paragraph. It's a really long paragraph. Yes, please. I note that the Vex milk, while computationally powerful, seems to avoid semiosis. That is, it prefers to mimic the actual dynamics of phenomena rather than assigning a symbol. This, a fundamental difference between Vex cognition and our own. We encode inputs as symbols, manipulate the symbols according to some set of logical rules, and produce output. The Vex are more direct burn them and they will extinguish the fire not because they possess a symbiotic or symbiotic knowledge of fire and its properties but because their structure is so suited to adaptation and survival that the heat of the fire directly becomes the response required to snuff it out rather than encoding symbols they generate self-sustaining and self-correcting patterns which like the suspension of a bridge flexing under strain can accept destructive input and produce reparatory output words are hard mm-hmm. what's interesting about the vex being able to do that the way that they they don't have the clutter that we do when we are speaking or processing things because we process things by through steps symbolically right a lot of imagery pops into your head which gets tied into letters gets tied into words all of that's a process that gets assigned over time but the vex skip all of that which is kind of cool and they think in and and i and this is actually really cool they think in what's referred to as memes uh and and a lot of people when you when you say the word meme they think oh it's the cute little blah blah blah. a meme is actually it's an actual psychological concept um and because they they process things in memes um (laughs) I mean, it's Twitter is slowly turning into the Vex guys. It, it Instagram. is. Instagram. Um, it really is. 
So Sorry, what a meme. I'm just thinking of like the freaking chickens with their like legs. <laughs> it's just like vex memes. Vex, mm-hmm. vexy it's legs. Just, like sexy harpies um, with legs all day. Yeah. Yes. The, the vexy harpies. The what was it? The uh, vexy vexy long legs. Yeah. Um, the wyverns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, so a meme is a unit of cultural information, such as a concept, belief, or practice that spreads from person to person in a way analogous with trans. Gosh, man, I can't talk to have the transmission of genes. So, like, it's actually short for uh, the meme. Um, which is a concept of basically exactly what this is. It's a communication process that spreads infectiously, but it mm-hmm. doesn't use, um, Green, what you were talking about, it doesn't use that translation within your um, your brain that when we use words, you, you, know, you, you translate it. Different people have different tra- different people have different accents. Different people have different meanings of words. You know, like the whole thing of like, do you say Coke? Do you say pop? Do you say soda? All those things, a meme kind of transcends that, and it, it allows a communication in a much quicker way. So when you see them talking about like when you're when he goes on when we're affected by vex memes, as the Ishtar data warns against, I, suge- I suspect that we are simply experiencing vex patterns jumping from one substrate to another, recruiting our own brains and bodies as a media for their spread. And he goes on to say that's not hostility; it is simply their way of interacting with the universe. We recognize mm-hmm. it as hostility because it's overriding us. But Well, the other aspect that they talk about in the paragraph that Orchid read is the fact that they view everything as a reparatory. Like yes. they're constantly repairing things. And to uh, to them, we are broken. Yep. They're so seeking, they're fixing they're seeking us, a which balance. is why the, it's spreading. It's, it's going back to the theory that the Vex were involved with the flower game. They are seeking mm-hmm. the balance of the flower game and all that. Um, the other kind of less serious connection that I agreed was asking me if I wanted to bring up is um, so there was a You're question the mentioned it. Yeah, no, there's a question about where the ghosts got the idea of the word vex milk. And this is now technically the first time that we have seen. Hidden, or the historically the first mention of the term vex milk, which is a tenuous connection and a, and in my opinion, a little bit of a nod towards a theory that a lot of people are starting to have that the ghosts are not necessarily purely of the traveler. And it's now not the first time that we have technology that has been combined with these air, air quotes supernatural to create something that we exist around. So the Exos were designed with Clarity and with the Vex. What's to say? And with Destiny 2, the base Destiny 2, we now have precedence of the Traveler's energy being harvestable. Um, I swear, if this becomes a reality, I'm going to retire and just call it good. Yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those... Came it's, back in... It was like, Osiris. Yeah, it was it was for forever. It was forever ago. Um Oh my god. Well, I mean, it's been yes. it's been in the, it's been in the back of a lot of people's minds ever since they started doing like the Dido symbol, like the symbols mm-hmm. of Dido and stuff like that. Like it's like that's a ghost. Like uh with the Aegis, um the little We the still little don't Aegis know why stadium. they brought 
we didn't we have no idea why they brought Dido back in so strongly yeah. into the game. And dancing Still no is, clue. and dancing is pulling the other major connection to this is the traveler's energy is blue, just like our ghost eye. And so that's there's a lot of people who have, have started kind of connecting the idea that the ghosts are the combined effort of human technology and the traveler's energy in the same way that we are now seeing the exos as being the combined translation uh, or combined technology from humans with the purified slash overexposed elements of the vex milk with potentially elements of the darkness (coughs) through clarity. I will say a counter though happened with which you didn't actually get to participate in when they did the all the guardians got called back to the traveler live event before Mm -hmm, beyond mm -hmm. light dropped there was a line that ghost says that he hasn't felt this way since the traveler first burr's ghost and i don't think it was actually burr's ghost was the line but it it was since the beginning Mm -hmm, he had not felt that way since the beginning i mean so and, and and to play devil's advocate there, um, you know, there's a lot of ways that they could that that we could write that. I mean, you could have ghosts not have memories. You know, the exos they have. We have now proof that they can manipulate the memories of different things. You know, there's a lot of different directions that are still completely open. You know, I I know mm-hmm. orchid. This will probably feel like familiar territory. You're talking about making assumptions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, this is this is taking a lot of implied connections. Mm-hmm. I will be very clear there. This is this is uh, currently in. Ears. This is currently <laughs> firmly in the te- in the territory of head canon and oh, not provable. But I think that there are a lot of little whispers of connections that, to me, line up pretty nicely. If it happens, I will die happy. That's up there with uh, your Osiris theory. Like that is, I still don't. I don't know if that's one. That one's real or not. It'd be cool. It would, I think it that was. would be so funny. Like I think it would be so funny. Um, let's see. I think. I mean, I. I like, and I think that's actually a pretty good transition point into our next episode, actually, because where we talk about that kind of the or yeah or the session, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. because I think with the next one, we're going to be talking about how this information from the Vex, you know, and this information from Clarity and the combination of those two is both a solution and yet another problem in the development of Exos. Um, but that, that will be the next session. So for this session, do you guys have any shout outs or final thoughts? Mm-hmm. Orchid? <laughs> Did she... Shout out to all your Vex milk drinkers. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm wondering where the humming is going. Like, it's like we get a. <laughs> okay, Green. What about you? <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up, but shout out to all of the voice actor volunteers for Destiny Lore Audiophile. I've actually had a influx of people wanting to help with it, which is awesome. And if you are somebody who has always been curious about doing voice acting or have just thought about contributing to the Destiny community in any way, shape, or form, if you want to read one of the lore books or even a few cards, 
I'm more than happy to uh, put that out for Destiny Lore Audiophile. It is a community-driven show after all. So big thank you for the voice actors who are already working with me and for the possible future ones that will be coming out. So that's my shout-out. My big shout-out to Live Chat uh, for sticking with us for the past year. Um, This uh, has been a very trying year. Um, uh, Just a big thank you for spending your year with us. I know because you guys are all locked down in houses there's not much else you can do so yay cabin fever shout out to saint jude for the COVID yeah study. i just saw that that is awesome um <laughs> thank you chat for correcting me on my terminology that's what i have you that's what i that's what i keep you around here for um but also just again a quick reminder be sure to check out the lore to make sure that i'm doing things correctly there too because you guys are really good at peninsula thank you dancing that's that's not the word i was going for (laughs) and as always be sure to leave us a review and comment over on itunes uh and then as as i've always as i've gotten into the habit of saying thank you for your time and until next time remember with wisdom we conquer stand strong stand tall and keep exploring With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.